The Rudy Giuliani Show. This is uh, Rudy Giuliani coming uh, to you from New York City, the capital of the world, with the Rudy Giuliani Show. And we're going to cover not just New York, we're going to cover the world. And I think we're going to begin with what I think. I always try to figure out what I think the story of the day is. There are a couple today. But since I got up real early and um, had to read the opinion on the master and am very, um, very uh, proud to see that my uh, case is cited approvingly in the opinion, uh, largely because of the brilliance of my lawyer, Robert Costello, I'm going to have Bob on in a few minutes uh, to explain to you why this is so strange. I mean, this is like a simple thing. You, this is where you absolutely need a master. You're trying to decide whether or not these documents are attorney-client privileged, and some have to be, just by the nature of the fact that he was under investigation. I'm sure some of them involve me, some involve Jay Sekulow. Uh, we were the people representing him. And then you have to decide executive privilege. After all, he was the president of the United States. And this question of whether you have the privilege after you leave has not been decided by the Supreme Court, and it's been left open. And it, it would seem to me it doesn't have much meaning if you don't have it after you leave. The purpose of that privilege is so that people will be honest with the president and not have to worry that these things are going to be used against them. I can't tell you, having been a mayor of a city where it's described as the second toughest job in America and has some aspects of, like, the pressure of the presidency, not all, it was enormously important for me to get my uh, advisors to tell me what they really thought. What they really thought might turn out to be politically incorrect. It might turn out to be embarrassing. It, they might have turned out to be totally wrong. And, uh, and if they knew that everything they said was going to be repeated, they would be much more circumspect and limited in what they would tell me. And I wouldn't get, I wouldn't get a full view of what the situation was like. This is particularly important, having gone through something like September 11 and, and about 30 other big emergencies. Uh, gosh, the Flight 800 thing and uh, derailments and hostage situations. You, you don't get the correct facts, you make the wrong decision. Simple as that. Executive privilege exists so that if Bob Costello is going to be on in a minute as my chief of staff, he can tell me what he really thinks. This is important. It's not a joke. Well, I have on the phone, I believe, one of the best lawyers in America, and I think he proves it every day, uh, Bob Costello. Hi, Rudy. How are you? I'm good, Bob. I was, I was uh, happy to see that uh, our decision got quoted approvingly by the judge, and that was a... You know, you, I, I don't want to take away anything, any other lawyer. You made that decision right away. When you called me on, when I called you on the phone, before they even left, I, I knew there was going to be a master. Right. 
Well, I mean, the concept is really not as complicated as the left-wing media would like you to believe, um, especially when you're dealing with lawyers, in your case, or in the case of Michael Cohn, who was then a lawyer. A special master was appointed. In fact, the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York smartly uh, suggested the idea because they recognized that there were instances in which we would be going over information they couldn't possibly make a determination as to whether it was attorney client privilege well, because they don't know who the clients are I'm I'm glad to hear that about my old office and your old right. office it right. really does put them in a place where they're real lawyers <laughs> they really were and they they did it they did the right thing in that case unfortunately the people down in the southern district of florida apparently I was told there had never been a special master ever appointed in that district. So <laughs> they were not familiar with the with the uh, the concept, but it's really a simple concept. You need a neutral person who is going to get all of the information and begin to review it. And the way they review it is they give it to the defense lawyers and they say, look, here's the body of information that was seized by the FBI. I want you to go through this and tell me what if anything, in this right. is you're claiming is privileged, either executive privilege, attorney-client privilege, work product privilege, uh, perhaps some other privileges that I haven't thought of at the moment. Uh, and you do that. You go through every document or, and make a determination. And then the special master, who is often a retired federal judge, will make a ruling, agreeing with you or not agreeing with you. If the special master doesn't agree with you and you wish to appeal it, you appeal it to the district court judge, and that person makes a determination. It's, I, I, it's really I think, a simple process. I, I think we can say that we uh, we won some and we lost some with her. Uh, we, first of all, we had Barbara Jones, who was a very experienced federal judge and a very fine lawyer and a very fair person. And, no question about uh, it. Uh, and she, she made uh, – we raised the objections. First of all – I have to raise the objection. I don't have a choice. It's my client's privilege. Right. So well, I most have to... people out there in the listening audience don't realize that when you talk about attorney-client privilege, the, this is not. Although the, it's the attorney who invokes it, it is not his privilege. The privilege belongs to the client. In this case, down in Mar-a-Lago. It's Donald Trump. And after all, who has more lawyers than Donald Trump these days? <laughs> right, there right. is no way that some taint team comprised of AUSAs and FBI agents from the Southern District of Florida have any concept as to the number of different lawyers representing Donald Trump. All you have to do is turn on TV and you see a different Donald Trump lawyer talking on his behalf almost every night. When I was, when I was involved with him and more, more or less in charge... <laughs> Right. I used to I used to keep a a, a whiteboard. Exactly. <laughs> but I you was had to know who was, I was representing him in what jurisdiction. Right. And a, a lot of them used to get pushed off the cases because they're law firm. You know that. I mean, uh, yes, I do. You do. Uh, it's very hard to find a lawyer for Donald Trump. Not because he isn't a great guy and a great president and uh, a man you'd want to represent because it's justice, but because you could get fired from your law firm. That is correct. That, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on law firms. Uh, the pressure is coming from the mainstream media that uh, despite the fact that certainly everybody in America has the right to be represented by counsel of their choice, when it comes to a political situation, they do not want you representing somebody who has different political viewpoints than you do.
And that's a, that's a sad commentary on the state of affairs in the United States today. But it's true. And you see it over and over again. And now, isn't the, isn't the um, sort of the, the horse out of the barn already? They've already looked at a lot of these documents. Well, so, that, that's certainly true. I, I, I had wished that they had gone forward and made this application sooner and had the judge act upon it sooner because uh, in that case, the FBI or the, the taint team wouldn't have been able to review anything. And whatever they reviewed, you can't take their word for it because, quite frankly, even if they're being uh, more honest than they, they've been in recent days, they do not know who all of these lawyers are that represent Donald Trump and his various interests. So there's an awful lot of things in there that clearly and, – and why are we having assistant U.S. attorneys and FBI agents looking at documents they're claiming are secrets, you know? Are they, now, normally, a lot of those assistants do have a secret clearance. I mean, a secret clearance isn't very hard to obtain. Uh, but it's something that should be done by a neutral, somebody that's respected by both sides, who they recognize this person can make an independent – non-biased, non-political determination. That's what you need. And isn't that what America needs? Even the general public out there needs to be reassured that this extraordinary step of going after a former president of the United States, at least there's somebody who's neutral who's looking over this and making sure that the FBI is not going too far. And it sounds like, quite frankly, looking at it, like this is the general warrant that – the framers of the Constitution (laughs) to protect us against with the Fourth Amendment. They went in there searching. Why were they searching in in, uh, Baron Trump's room for things? Why were they searching Melania's closet? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense, except they thought and they read that warrant to be a general warrant, that they could look anywhere they wanted for anything, and apparently they grabbed just about anything. You know, Bob, passports were marked top secret? Ridiculous. in our case, or in my case, they were actually very scrupulous about that. Uh, they took only electronics. There are plenty of papers around, plenty of memos. I mean, thousands, thousands of memos. I got a room, you know, that filled with memos. In, in your never... case, the, the search warrant said take all electronic uh, devices. And they were willing to take all electronic devices until both you and I pointed out to them. <laughs> that three of those electronic devices were copies of Hunter Biden's hard drive. And even though the search warrant said they should have taken those because they were simply taking our word for what was on it, uh, they, they treated like that like it was radioactive. The FBI wanted no part of Hunter Biden's hard drive. You know, and now I, you I, see I, that I, another two years later, they still don't want any part of Hunter Biden's hard and drive. And there's no way they could have distinguished that. That could have been Donald Trump's hard drive as exactly. far as – but well, the minute I said it, right, the expression on their face was, are they going to lose their jobs? Yeah. But well, they you took... said it, and I also spoke to them on the phone, and I said the same thing. <laughs> they didn't want any part of Hunter <laughs> Biden's hard drive. But, it uh, was a it... hot potato, and it still is. And in fairness to them, though, they didn't treat it like a general warrant. They treated no. it like a specific warrant for electronics. They did take my ex-wife's old computer and other people's computer, but they returned them. Right. Right. No, they acted like gentlemen. We we both recognize that. And, you know, they you give credit where credit is due. They were gentlemen. They carried out the warrant exactly as it was written, except for the Hunter Biden stuff. And uh, we have no complaints about that. Well, and, and the I, special master did a great job. In fact, I think I think you might have exaggerated a little bit because I, I think that 
Special Master Barbara Jones and myself might have disagreed on two or three documents, and frankly, they were inconsequential. They were academic exercises about whether the attorney-client privilege applied or not because the subject matter had absolutely nothing to do with yeah, yeah. the investigation of well, the Southern my, District. Well, mine was a little different because they raided my law office, and yep. therefore they got documents relating to other clients, not just uh, Donald Trump. They got a lot of documents relating That's true. to mm-hmm. other, other people, and that really is kind of unfair. What do those poor people have anything to do with this, right? Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because, like you, I personally had my cell phone records, home phone records, and and business phone, my law office phone records, seized by the FBI when I was representing Steve Bannon. And even though it was a shorter period of time, it was two months, but they also attempted to get the social media records of this Bob Costello speaking – but uh, they wound up grabbing social media records for, I think, two or three other Robert Costellos who had different middle names. But the FBI couldn't distinguish between myself and those poor people because those guys had different middle names, really. This is the chief investigative operation <laughs> in the United States, and they don't recognize that people with different middle names might be different people. And those poor innocent people had whatever they had on social media gathered up by the FBI and reviewed. You know, they, they were taken advantage of. Well, uh, we're going to have to take a break. And uh, all I can tell you, Bob, is thank you for being such a good lawyer. <laughs> thank I, you pre- I appreciate you immensely. And anybody else, nice. anybody else who you represent, you represent them the way you're supposed to, you know, fully, you. completely, and ethically. God bless you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Everything I just said I meant... It's not just because his life is in my hand, uh, my life is in his hands. Right? <laughs> no, I'm telling you, this guy is a hell of a lawyer. And not only that, he's got that extra. He he he's not just a narrow little. He, got, he understands politics. He understands how people think. How, uh, he played a very big role, by the way, as Miranda has indicated on this show at times and on my podcast. He played a very big role in helping us get that uh, hard drive out. Therefore, has a place in American history. I I believe that if he and I didn't push this, you never would have seen that hard drive. We we were we were uh, 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 Mr. Isaac's last uh, hope. We were his last hope. So, Bob has a. When I write my book, you'll see he's got a much bigger place in history than most people would ever think. And he's a hell of a lawyer. God bless him. So we'll be we'll be back in a few minutes, and uh, we got plenty to cover today. Oh boy, another one. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than fifty percent of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani, back with the Rudy Giuliani Show. And um, I, 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 I believe that this was a good step 
to ensure that this is done fairly. I just, uh, as I close on this issue, I ask you to consider how ridiculous it is to have the government decide whether something is privileged, attorney-client privilege. They're not the attorney. They're not the client. They have no idea what the matter or the case is about. So what are they doing, guessing? And this is what the fascist new Department of Justice wants to promulgate as a rule involving the president? Imagine what they'll do to you. I mean, here's a document, right? You and I look at it, unless it's quite obvious, how do we know it's attorney-client privilege? We don't know what the case is. We don't know what the issue is. We don't know what the attorney knew before, what the client said before. Uh, And we have the government, the state, as in Russia, as in China, as in East Berlin, we have the state deciding whether it's attorney-client privilege. It's a guess. It's not a decision. Of course, the attorney has to be involved, but with a special master who is a neutral person and a lawyer who knows the rules and then can question the attorney if the attorney is making some kind of a ridiculous argument that this is attorney, you know, we ordered uh, Chinese food. That's attorney-client privilege because I didn't want people to know my client liked Chinese food. Or, yeah, that telephone number, you don't know what it is, but that was the chief witness that we're going to use to blow up the government's case, Judge. The last thing in the world I want them to do is have that number because they're prosecuting an innocent man. Every once in a while it happens. Okay. I think you get the point. Every single thing that they can do. The fascist Biden Justice Department, they do to screw Trump. Damn the law. Damn the Fourth Amendment. When, when Bob mentioned general warrants, my God, they're bringing us back to George III. Let's go to Ed in Westchester. Hi, Mayor. Uh, I have a question for you, and it's got to do with your time when you were uh, fighting organized crime. Uh, as a prosecutor, and I relate it to my dad. My father was a New York, uh, an NYPD lieutenant. God bless um, him. Who was, the, who was the integrity officer in his precinct. And uh, it was a job that wasn't well-liked, but he did his job. <laughs> and he did yeah, it. I know, I know. He did, he did it for a good reason because he had to watch the other officers. So I ask you, what possessed you to want to put your life at risk? And, and uh, in your background, what made you want to prosecute organized crime? Well, you know, I could say something like Italian and my father uh, told me what bullies they were and how terrible they were. And then I found out later in life he went to high school with some of them and really hated them and all. Uh, it really was because it, it, it was my mission to prosecute people who violated serious laws and they were among the worst violators. I realized as soon as I got involved in it, that there was a certain extra connection because I was Italian-American. But I have to truly tell you, I didn't do it for that reason. I would have just as easily prosecuted Russian organized crime. Or I did a lot of work against the, uh, the FARC and against Colombian organized crime. They put out two uh, contracts to slit my throat. I have a fatwa from 
the uh, from the Muslims uh, for going after. I think oh for going after Saddam, uh, not Saddam Hussein, uh, Arafat. So I took my job very seriously. I hope people realize that, and I take my job as a defense lawyer equally as seriously. And everything I did for Donald Trump, I did as a lawyer, living up to what he believes is his obligations to defend an innocent man who's being demonized in modern America. And so are the people who help him. This is Rudy Giuliani. I'll be back right after the break. Rudy Giuliani. Former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani back uh, with the Rudy Giuliani show. And, uh, you know, I'm getting tired of being attacked by Joe Biden. Now, you might say that means like all the ways he's trying to put me in prison or raiding my house or destroying my law practice or getting me suspended from the practice of law, even though all I did is represent somebody he doesn't like. Um, you know what I'm mad at? I'm mad at him attacking me because I am an ultra MAGA. I'm, I'm ordering an ultra MAGA hat and I'm ordering ultra MAGA pens. If any of you would like some, we're going to set up some kind of contest for them. I can't. I, mean, I, I feel the way my uh, my good friend, and he is my good friend. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that. And that can give some degree of uh, of uh, bias, you know, that you're entitled to weigh. Donald Trump is my friend. And I know things about Donald Trump that you don't, that makes him a truly remarkable human being. And I know there are people who would laugh at that and people who would whatever, whatever, whatever. But And I will at the right time if he decides to run, even if he doesn't, I, I will reveal them. And, uh, but, but, but this, 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 that we're semi-fascists. First of all, what the heck does that mean, semi-fascist? You want to call me a fascist? Call me a fascist. I don't know what it's... Does it mean that I'm a fascist today but not tomorrow? Does it mean that half my ideas are fascist but not the other half? Or is it just a product of uh, one or two things? In the case of Joe Biden, who I know for 30, I don't know, years... It's probably one of two things. He is the dumbest son of a I've ever met. I mean, he really is. It's hard for me to think of a guy I know. I don't care if they're a plumber or a college professor. Hard for me to think of a guy that I know that is purely as dumb as this guy. I can believe he was left back in the third grade, and I can believe he cheated his way through law school like his law school classmate told me. And like the whole thing with his plagiarizing papers demonstrates. And his lying about being first in the class when he was like fourth or fifth from last. But I don't get this. I do not understand how a man who runs a woman who runs a public office ever gets it in their head to run against the people who are voting for their opponent. It never, I never conceived of the idea when I first began. And I, I got into politics late and I ran against... David, well, first against Ed Koch, really, and then David Dinkins. 
I didn't go attacking the people who voted for Ed Koch or David Dinkins. And even after I lost to Dinkins, I may have said they made a mistake or Koch used to be funnier about it. He used to say, you have to live with your mistake now. But he didn't attack them for being stupid or dumb or illegal or misled or maybe sometimes you think they're misled or they're the product of uh, uh, ridiculously uh, uh, heavy propaganda. But you don't attack them for being fascist and for being dangerous. And I mean, some of the stuff he says is off the off the off the darn charts for a president. How about how about cut nine? Listen to this. About, he's talking about he's talking about millions of people here, millions of American citizens. Cut nine. America's often made the greatest progress coming out of some of our darkest moments, like you're hearing that bullhorn. I believe we can and must do that again, and we are. MAGA Republicans look at America and see carnage and darkness and despair. They spread fear and lies, lies told for profit and power. But I see a different America. Okay, that's enough. America- that, that, that's enough from the, from the bull artist. I mean, I, I, I don't know. There were about 100 people at the speech. I'm probably giving it. More people are probably listening to that speech now than heard it in person. I mean, how did, I mean, okay, I don't want to go back to the election thing. I always get in trouble when I do, but how could this guy have won? Nobody ever showed up for it. The last couple of days of the election, the same thing happened in Pennsylvania. It just happened a while ago. He shows up. He gets about 18 people, and half of them are, are, are uh, no, half of them are, are have cars and they're uh, they're rooting for Trump. Trump shows up in a town with a population of 40,000, and he gets 60,000 people. I knew he had Pennsylvania. Then I know Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is one of my areas that I have this maybe false conceit that I have special knowledge because I've been campaigning in Pennsylvania since I was a kid, and someday I'll tell you the whole story. It's a beautiful story. It's about one of my very, very best friends who's since passed away and who I miss every day. But um, I knew he was going to win Pennsylvania when that happened. I knew it. In fact, I knew he was going to win Pennsylvania from the beginning because he had come through for them on on trade they understand a lot of america doesn't understand trade look i hardly understand that it. it's complicated navarro is smarter than i am he understands it. but i understand when you know you know your dad lost his job because they sent it to china and then i know you're going to probably vote for somebody who wants to change that and i know that pennsylvania is more complex on abortion than the usual democratic state otherwise it would not have had a democrat senator who was pro-life so i know pennsylvania but that kind of a we see carnage look i'm a MAGA republican the way things work now most of my friends are because democrats you know Gosh almighty, they think you're like Biden, Mephistopheles. I'll explain that sometime. But I want you to listen to this one, too, because it's not just... How about number eight? This is what we also do. Let's do number eight. MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. 
They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. Why? But together, together we can choose a different path. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. We don't need any more. I don't, if I live in the shadow of lies, I don't think so. Gosh, Joe, you want to come over? I'll, I'll, I'll show you the document where your son laundered $3.2 million and you got 800000 of it. I got the damn document in my, in my, in my uh, cabinet right here, it's, uh, right to you when you were vice president. The prosecutor long enough to know that's what they call a bribe. That's like 80 times what Agnew got. Joe, I got the contract where you got 10% from the Chinese communists. I got the do I got documents showing you whacking up money with your son from Chinese communists. I got all the ones where you're lying about not knowing the foreign clients. I mean, lucky they weren't women. You'd have been smelling their damn hair. Look, Joe, I know who you are. I've been uh, blessed or cursed with having intimate details of your life with a running commentary of uh, seven or eight years of it by your son, who explains very clearly that he was your bag man. And he was collecting the money for you. And he gave you 50% because you demanded it. But you also demanded that he pay all the expenses. And you put a guy, this Schwer, Eric Schwerin, in charge, so you made sure you got your money. I got it all, Joe. Don't try to bull S me, huh? I know what a disgusting crook you are. Do you know how much I dislike corrupt politicians? No, you don't. Because you never put in jail the number that I did. Democrat and Republicans. It doesn't stop with that either. When are they going to start asking questions about the next chapter in Schweiker's book about how McConnell made all this money from China with his father-in-law who was from Taiwan but made a fortune with Red China? And uh, show, show me the things that McConnell has done to be tough on China. And, Joe, is it unfair? Is it really unfair if when you... In the height of Afghanistan, just give up the Bagram Air Base, which is newly modernized, considered one of our better air bases, and it's 400 miles from China. When you don't have the foresight to keep it, and if I was Z, I'd send you another $20 million for that. Because there will be a day, mark my words, when we're going to need that damn air base. And we're all going to curse you, wherever the hell you are. Because you gave it up. Now give me an explanation of why you gave it up. Come on, be a man. Is there a reason I'm missing for why you gave our biggest enemy that tactical advantage? And is it possible, is it fair of me to ask that you were influenced by the $31 million I can prove your family got? And where your son says that you got 50% of it. 
Is it fair of me to have a doubt as to whether or not you were influenced by that? And is it fair of me to say, how in God's name did the American people elect somebody as our president who was beholden to China? And doesn't it show in his policies? We're not crazy, Joe. We're not. I don't want carnage. I really, I want a peaceful America. I, I want uh, the rule of law established like I knew it when I was an assistant U.S. attorney. I, uh, Bill Clinton was the president when I was the mayor. I worked with him for seven years, I think, if he were truthful. I have a letter. to He would tell you I was probably the best mayor he worked with. He wrote that to me. I work with you on the crime bill, Joe. I employed your niece because she's a good worker. Nothing wrong with your niece. We don't hold the sins of the father against the son or any of that. You know I'm a good man, Joe. You know that. And you know you're not. You're really much more evil than I thought much more. You've cost us many more lives than a decent person would have cost us if they were sitting in that seat. So let's go to Fred in Manhattan. I want to see what Fred has to say. Good afternoon, Mr. Mayor. Hi, Fred. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, I think when the Republicans choose their nominee for president, there should only be one factor that should be considered, and that is who is most likely to win the election. Now, I I, 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 I can't I can't I can't disagree with that. But go ahead, keep keep going. I like that. Start. Go ahead. Um, now, the two most likely people today are Donald J. Trump and Governor DeSantis. I'm uh, I was I'm a big fan of Donald Trump. I think he was the most successful president in my lifetime, and I'm a little older than you. How old are you? And, and I think the election was stolen. I think he really won the election. So that's, I already like you. <laughs> Go ahead. His character, his character flaws are there for everybody to see. Now, DeSantis. Okay. DeSantis doesn't have the charisma of, of Trump, but he's been a very successful governor. What I fear is that if Trump is the nominee... There is such a visceral, visceral hatred on the part of many Democrats and never-Trumpers that will bring them out for the election. We have, we have to think about not who, how many people there are who are eligible to vote, but who's going to come out. And I think that Trump as a nominee will bring out those who want him not to be, not to be president. I therefore think, even though I think he should have won the election in 20, right. that he was the most successful president, at least since the Second World War, that he has less of a chance than DeSantis. And I think, I think if he runs, he'll win anyway. Yeah, but yeah. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can't take any chance. Well, I, I, I have to tell you, this is probably one of the most thoughtful calls I've ever gotten. That's a brilliant analysis. I don't disagree with any of it. And I am, you know, I'm the biggest Trump partisan in the whole world, right? I know, I've known the man for 35 years. I went through hell with him. 
there's nothing like the pressure on a good lawyer of representing an innocent man. And I, I took over at the worst moment of his impeachment thing when he was down to like 37 percent who, th- who, who, who trusted him and 58 percent who wanted him impeached. And uh, I know and I, I know things about him that would ameliorate some of your feelings about his personality. But those are all personal and. I don't know if they can get across in the in the in the scope of an election camp. Every issue you raise is legitimate. It doesn't mean that I'm going to be for DeSantis or for Trump, but it means that every single issue you raise is legitimate. The most important thing is that we get a president who can save us in 2024, not that we get Donald Trump or DeSantis. And I love your laser focus on that you know how few how how few people have that i'd love to meet you that was that's brilliant brilliant analysis i don't i don't know the answer i'm gonna be honest with you i don't know the answer to the question i'm gonna i'm gonna have to take a break and then for my final thoughts i'm gonna give you my analysis of that because what you're talking about here is very deep and it's very um That is, man, you got those talking heads beat, my friend. We'll be back uh, right after this uh, short break, and the mayor will do his uh, final thoughts. And, and <laughs> they're going to be determined by our friend Fred, who, uh, wow, that's a heck of an analysis. We'll be back in a minute. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Uno. He's your numero uno. The mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani with the mayor's final thoughts. As always, sponsored by... Oh, I, I think this organization is beyond... Uh, Adopt US kids. It's beyond uh, description. Tunnels and Towers. Tunnels and Towers takes care of our uniformed service members who lose their lives in the line of duty. Hard to even say those words. Or who lose their limbs in the line of duty. And they're there for both. Frank Siller shows up, usually the first guy with a check to pay the mortgage, and then I'm there. And he puts his arm around the widow or the man or whatever and says we're there we're there we're there to support you that's more important than even the check i know this i've been through it too often not to know the psychology of this and and the morality of it and then he's there when people can't walk and they can't take care of themselves and they can't go to the bathroom and he builds smart homes so they can Oh, gosh, just give him $11 a month, please. I promise you it'll be the best thing you ever did, okay? Now, I want to address Fred because I'm going to tell you I was not exaggerating. 
Now, this is one of the more, I've heard this a lot. What he's talking about is not a, uh, just a little thing here. This is a big thing among us Republicans who are these MAGA Republicans who are semi-fascist and I don't know everything else we are, except we just love our country and we want it to be first. And I want America to be first, not because I'm a, 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 a egotist. I want America to be first because if America isn't first, I know what happens when there's a vacuum, morons. Someone fills it, it'll be China. So, how do we decide between Trump and DeSantis? Donald Trump was, in my view, as his friend and supporter, a much better president than I thought he would be. I thought he'd be a good president. I supported him because I I thought he'd be a much better president than Hillary the crook Clinton. And that's a I mean, you you just don't know what the what the press did to you about that uh, uh, Arkansas slimeball family that was taking anything that wasn't locked down. I mean, they're just complete crooks and completely dishonest. One extraordinarily charming, who you almost forgive for, Bill Clinton, and the other, probably one of the most miserable human beings you've ever met. Crazy combination. But when Donald ran against her, I, I, I knew Donald for a long time. I knew he was a much more serious person than you knew. For many reasons, for many reasons. But you're never sure whether a man can make a great president. You just don't know. But I knew he'd be better than Hillary. So I supported him with everything I had to protect America from Hillary. And he outperformed every expectation I had for him. I, can't, I don't have the time to go through it all now. His substantive achievements put him on a par with Ronald Reagan. No, no president in four years did as much to help us. And I can go through all of it if you want uh, more than he did. I, today I just did a podcast with Dr. Maria on the border. Nobody did more on that than he did, even with all the obstacles he had. Gosh, the agreement with Mexico taking it. You don't know the background of the president of Mexico. I did. I worked for him. I, you have no idea how Trump negotiated with him and what he did with him was brilliant brilliant on behalf of you the american people so here's my here's my uh dilemma and we got time to work it out i like everything i see about desantis i think right now if i had to just say he's the best governor in america Having once been the best mayor in America, that's a nice thing to say. I'm, I'm only being funny. I don't know that he has the steel that is um, reinforced by experience that Trump has. Trump knows what he's dealing with. I'm not sure Ron does. He may. So I'm open-minded, my friend Fred. Let's talk. I love your analysis. God bless you. 
and God bless the United States of America. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.